Okay, this is a no self-control podcast. This is a little royal. And I'm not going to even waste a lot of time with this one. Like, I feel like the last one, <laughs> I, I just had a lot to get off my chest. Um, this time, I'm reading Clouds by myself. That, that might seem kind of narcissistic. <laughs> but, you know, I got to plug somehow. <laughs> I mean, but this is what No Self-Control Podcast is going to be about. This is what um, the production is going to be about. It's it's about promoting artists. It's about um, independence. You know, um, it's about... Um, a, a, I don't want to... Uh, the creatives. It's about, you know, the painters, the sculptors, the people that, you know, are unheard. You know, and I, I I need to um you know kind of like actually become more sophisticated with this podcast. I feel like because I feel like I've kind of gone off the rails. I'm glad I named it No Self Control, but I also need to rename it because maybe I would be a little bit more um poised. <laughs> uh, but um we're gonna I'm gonna um work with some names. I'm gonna like have to brainstorm it by myself to figure out what I'm gonna call my business. But for now, we are where we are. <laughs> but uh, today, this is chapter one of clouds, but I'm going to start with the acknowledgement. Clouds are bodies of vapor, a magnificent specimen, like dreams floating in the sky. Humans are the manifestation manifestation of dreams and nightmares. Not mere bodies of flesh, but beings with reason, love, hate. Humans who express themselves and creators who are called them are uh, are called many things producers artists scientists journalists writers etc some people create clouds and others remain clouds floating through space and time clouds is based on many different genres and art forms created it is a accumulation of various dreams art movies anime and other genres Greek, Japanese, and American culture all play unique roles in the experience. So the surrealism are themes from several different cultures, works within classic and modern art. Cloud is a source of fresh air and wonder and an endearing feeling similar to when you were a child and first looked up to the soft clouds above. The chill and brisk feeling of wind blowing up your spine when you walked on a quiet beach. When you hear the laughs of joyful children softly laughing in the distance. Clouds are the attempt to give voices to the impoverished and those abused by the system. A voice to the powerlessness and the freedom of youth and the gall to face the death, life, and your fears. Thoughts and dreams are two sides of the same coin, both manifestations of the mind, which have both built and destroyed reality. No matter how permanent society seems, is eter- uh, eternal as the clouds are above, which will not be forever. Even humanity is finite. Humans are just as aimless and as um, and as pointless as the clouds above, just bags of water following tasks they think are important. Clouds 
shows how empty and aimless life can be, and at the same time, the significance of the moment. Regardless of how grand or vivacious a cloud is, it can only exist for a moment. Table of Contents Chapter 1, Spectrum Chapter 2, The Rain Chapter 3, Shards of Glass Chapter 4, Prism Chapter 5, Doors Chapter 6, Brotherhood Chapter 7, Mid-Dimension Chapter 8, Pain, Joy, and Love Chapter 9, Waves Chapter 10, Flow Chapter 11, Recovery Chapter 11, Real Life Chapter 12, Meta Chapter 13, Sunset Boulevard Chapter 14, Stars Chapter 15, Pillows Chapter 16, Trio Chapter 17, Grand Chapter 18, Paradise Falls Chapter 19, Revelations. Chapter 1, Spectrum. Kyle wakes up in a bed full of sweat and tears, gasping for air. He's frightened and his heart is beating like a hammer. His breathing is fluctuating. He is having a panic attack and he doesn't know why. His eyes dart around the room looking for answers. He tries to catch his breath, but instead he sees the time. He snaps out of his trauma and rises from his bed like a phoenix from the ashes. Kyle feels a weight on his chest as he sluggishly gets out of bed. He stumbles across the floor to the bathroom and gets into a cold shower. He endures the freezing cold temperature as he closes his eyes. He takes a deep breath to clear his head. He felt refreshed as he got out of the shower and put on his armor. Black and gold tims with white fur. Black hoodie with a gold sun in the middle with denim jeans. A black and white backpack with a gold bull in the middle. He was in a hurry as he went out the door, but he had to stop on the deck and let the sky pour into his soul. It was like being clean. Uh, it was like having clean water in the desert, or like ice cream on a sunny day. It looks like a Greek painting. You can see the creases in the atmosphere. The sky was painted with turquoise, rum orange, and greenish yellow as a cloud swallowed the sun. The blue birds flew like airplanes through the sky. The birds are a piece of the mirror before his eyes. The tropical trees bend within the seaboard brings as ships the bay. Seesaw and pandemonium was in the air. The radiant crimson tides were pushed on the luminous cobalt sands. He peers across the sea and sees reflection city metropolis still growing. The cars, honks, and horns came from the middle-aged cars as the day was born. The sun shined over everything. Cloud felt his existence and it felt good to him. He suddenly realized something was missing. Cloud goes back inside to retrieve it. He donned his black fitted hat, the one with the gold crown in the center. Only then does he finally exit to this outside world. It smelled like death in Red Mountain City. He could see the clouds of smoke pouring into the sky like a bad omen. Come from the factories nearby. 
The pavement was almost as broken as the people were. The clouds of pollution crept through the streets like the ghost of their ancestors. Instead of going through Red Mountain City, Kyle decided to take a detour over the Goliath Black and Gold Bridge. The Phoenix Bridge stood 10,220 feet and was made from concrete steel and the blood of the money of the people who lived in Red Mountain City. A fall surrounds the bridge, one like he has never seen. The viaduct soared as high as the clouds of themselves. A white light shined through the haze. He saw sharp, cold, glowing eyes. He felt a chill go up his spine. He grabs his noose and shakes his head before he checks his phone for the time. It's too late to go back now, and he knows it. He takes a deep breath, cracks his neck, and rests before he started to walk across the bridge. Cloud could see less and less as he walked. The wind fog only grew thicker with every step he took. He felt hopeless, but the moment he tries to turn back, he was pushed forward. Cloud falls over from the sheer force of the wind. When he looks up, he sees an ominous figure creeping towards him. What is that, he says. As he forces himself to stand and face the storm, he holds onto his hat and ties up his golden strings before he walks forward. Kyle continues to trudge through the hurricane. He can hardly keep his feet on the ground. He can hardly see or breathe in the great gust and fog. He suddenly saw it in the middle of the storm. He had to squint to see a slender silhouette in the center of it all. A deity was there with glowing white eyes, and it was headed straight for him. It was a force of nature like God himself was walking the earth. He had no choice but to walk through the storm. Some of the winds and haze gradually dissipate as he gets closer to the center of the beautiful storm. His eyes open wide and his jaw drops. The storm disappears and a strange woman appeared within the stream. The wind pushes through him like a gusty day at the beach. You can hear the wind whistling. Cloud breaks into a cold sweat. He feels chills as he breaks into a uh, cold sweat. This woman is wearing a white silk kimono with red and blue cherry blossoms with light golden brown skin. She has a skinny figure with straight black hair. She's shorter than he is, but somehow her shadow towers over him like a giant. Are you a demon, he says. No, why would you think that, she says with a vivacious tone. Cloud's eyes dilate at the sight of her. Well, you just made an entire storm around you, so could be? Nice to meet you. My name is Star, she says as she smiles and tilts her head to the right and puts out her hand. Should I know you? She retracts her hand and gives a radiant smile. The sun seems to shine brighter around her and a vapor surrounds her that makes her look like a deity immortalized in the clouds above. No, but you will never forget me. Cloud slips past Star and heads towards his bus stop. 
Where are you going, she says in playful tone. Cloud quickly walks away till he feels that he has gained enough distance from the strange woman. He takes a breath and then he acknowledges the beautiful scenery. The deep blue indigo sky was followed by clouds dancing like children do. A brisk wind blew through it through and it was softer this time. Reflection City seemed almost like an oasis. It was clean, crisp, and bright. Skyscrapers stood, stood over everything like the Towers of Babel. It made him feel calm for a moment until he realized Star was still following him. A strange mystical aura followed her. He could almost see it as he looked back at her. He could almost see her shadow trying to swallow him whole. He began to sweat profusely and bumps grew on his arm. He attempted to look straight forward, but her deep stare made him feel stiff like he couldn't move. He suddenly broke his dead stare and looked directly into her starry hazel eyes. Looking into, look into her eyes feels like falling into another galaxy. He is starstruck. It's hard to look away. Her skin has a golden brown glow, almost as if she made from rose gold. She looks into his large burgundy eyes with a chuckle and a smile. He seems he, he feels her mere presence engulf him. Why are you following me? He says hysterically, swallowing deeply and looking away. I could explain it if you would stop and talk to me. I don't have time. Yes, you do. You have more time than you know what to do with. She grabs him with such force it could break his left arm. He's surprised by how powerful she is. He simply looks at her with a side eye. Cloud shows no weakness when he looks into the devil's eyes again. What are you doing? Let me go. If it weren't for what I have been through, I will kill you to come with me. But I know that isn't the way to go this time. I'm trying to be peaceful, Star says. Star rubs her chest up against his back and wraps her arms around him. He looks cold. He looks like cold water has been splashed on him. Star has the lightful smile on her face as she torments him, but he doesn't. Cloud looks as if he already been crushed by the world. It's in his demeanor. If you want to kill me, go ahead and do it, he says. As he looks forward with a cold gaze, Star is stunned for a moment before she chuckles and says, You sure are a rude boy. You shouldn't talk to your elders like that. Her grip becomes tighter like a bowl constrictor. He can hardly move. I can't breathe. Answer the question. I was taught to never talk to strangers, he says as he struggles to breathe. That sounds like a little sweet to me, she says as she tilts her head. That's stupid, he says he shakes his head. Boys your age would die to talk to me, she says as her cold, dark eyes cut through. I'm not like most boys. Is that because you are gay? No, you sound homophobic. How? You know what I mean. No, I don't. I like you and I want you. 
This can go the easy way or the hard way. The choice is yours. What does that mean? You can try to tell people what happened on this bridge, but no one will believe you. That is true. Isn't it sad that no one believes men in this society? Why should they? Men have caused the most damage. When were the first few? So what does that mean? I'm surprised the kid even knows that. That's dumb. What do you want? I just want to talk to you. He takes a deep breath before he says, okay, let's start over. My name is Star. As you said, as I said, my name is Cloud. How do you even know my name? You see, you will see. Come walk with me. Cloud takes a deep breath as she takes his hand with a forced smile as they walk along the bridge. And it takes a bus and take a bus through the outskirts of um, Reflection City, a city which lived in the clouds of mystery. The crystal skyscrapers lived over the mist which loomed over the city. The skyscrapers looked like teeth in the mouth of a wild creature. A hint of unknown lies beneath its solemn grasp. The heart of the city roared like a wounded beast. There was not a moment he didn't feel its presence. He felt small in the chaos of the city and as low as the concrete underneath his feet. It felt all too familiar. The mist was so thick he could hardly see anything. The bridge was glorious and long, but the mist crept over everything. Something was odd about her and her gaze as he looked at her elongated demeanor. Elegant demeanor. The world almost seemed to glitch in her presence. They get off at the station and head through a mild a middle class <laughs> you wouldn't think I wrote this um, middle class neighborhood towards his impoverished school. I'm an arbiter she says. Her eyes shine in the giant sunflower in the her eyes shine in the giant sunflower in the sky like the like the giant sunflower in the sky. Her voice makes him feel as if he's on a stage and his spotlight is on him. He begins to sweat a bit and he feels the presence of her mere, he, um, pressure of her mere presence. What does that mean? He says, as he looks at her with the eyes, with the eyes of a child. It's something that can't be explained. Only experience. It's like being, God's older cousins, she says, with her soft, warm, benevolent voice. You sound crazy, he exclaimed. I am crazy, but I am also right. She says with a fun yet serious tone in the side eye of a vicious killer. Why are you telling me this? Why do you think, Cloudy? She stops and looks up at him. With her large doll-like eyes. Cloud blushes and looks away quickly. But her eyes are, but her eyes can see through him like an x-ray. This is the moment you call me an arbiter and I find out I have powers, isn't it? He says nonchalantly. Uh, I don't know. She says as he tries to avoid further eye contact. Her eyes gaze. Feels like laser vision searing into his flesh as he tries to escape. How? Shouldn't God's cousins at least know that? 
No, in fact, no one knows what they are doing at all. Not even the gods. Birds fly overhead as he as she speaks. And the breeze breathes out so hard it almost sweeps them off their feet. A wave somehow splashes onto the bridge. So what does that mean for me? It means that if you awaken, I will be there. Her eyes glow blue as she speaks. That seems a little creepy. Oh, it is. I'll be watching your every move, Cloudy, she says with a horrifying yet alluring tone. Her pupils dilate and she begins to drool. He is not sure if she should take her serious or not. He has met many crackheads in this area, but this felt different to him. He felt like she wasn't lying. And he could see it in her glowing gaze. There was something mystical about her, like it was pulling him forward. That's not creepy at all, he says quizzically. Thank you. That was a question, not a statement. That's not what will be said in court. What? I thought I should at least tell you I was watching so you wouldn't freak out. Oh, okay. So it's not a little creepy. It's really creepy. Wouldn't it be creepier if you didn't know I was there? You shouldn't be there at all. That's not going to happen. You might as well get used to it. At least I'm not some old fat guy who's hacking your laptop camera. The principle is still the same. Who cares about principle? It kills people every day and it means nothing, she says. as she sharply looks back at him. Nothing that kills so many people could mean nothing. You think too hard. He only looks nervous for a second, but a second was all she needed. Star instantly begins to dig her fangs into his subconscious. He looks down and up at the sky. It's full of thick clouds and birds. He wonders why he is here as he takes a deep breath. The couple continues to walk till Star gets tired of walking and he allows her to get out on top of his shoulders. Cloud can feel his stomach turning over in fear and hunger. Cloud looks at the sea with solemn eyes. It's all about perspective. What is perspective, Cloud? I don't know. I don't know what to do. Everything will become clear, Cloudy. You don't have to worry. I'm here for you. Cloud says something as Star looks at him. She is draped across his back like a cape. The words are lost in a jet taking off on a uh, on a base nearby. The paper mill fills the air with toxins and smoke. A loud siren announces that the sun has risen, and he sees it rise out of the depths of the sea. He hears the water splash on the sand as the sun enters the sky. You can smell the fresh salt water from here. Seagulls fly through the rainbow vapor and mist. One of the birds can't fly anymore. A plastic six-pack soda ring gets stuck around his neck, then leg. It attempts to fly, but it's struck on the beach. It's, but it's stuck on the beach. The small, the small bird can only watch as his family flies away. 
The bird frantically pecks its way through the plastic and follows its family on to be only to fly directly into a window of Cloud's class. He is amongst the few to even notice the event, but he is the only person who watches the bird die. He feels dread as the bird twitches on the windowsill. He can see the trauma of the young birds as it slowly dies. He wants to do something, but he knows he can't save him. Cloud bites his nails as he sits back in the desk chair near the rear window. It's fourth period midday and Cloud is in philosophy class. The white brick confines him. It felt like a mental ward, except there was no padding. He wishes you could at least open a window because it's hot and hard to breathe. He almost felt lightheaded as Mr. Earl, the philosophy teacher, lectured. What do you think about Marx, Earl says. What? He says, snapping back into reality. The class finds it hysterical, but Earl does not. Earl takes a few steps towards Cloud with a stern demeanor. Cloud is discombobulated, but he is, but he quickly gains his bearings and looks back into Earl's iris. Did you read Cloud? Yeah, I read it a year ago. As much as I hate socialism and religion, capitalism is our new God. So you're against capitalism. No, I just understand life is so empty because we value money over people and even life itself. Pure socialism doesn't accomplish anything, but some socialism could help. Just like we indoctrinate several other socialistic programs like the New Deal. Life isn't supposed to be easy. Capitalism is a necessary evil. That's an excuse to make people suffer for profit. People only suffer because they are unwilling to do what is necessary for them to survive. People suffer because they are a part of a predatory system. You can work hard your entire life and die dirt poor. Being successful is just like winning the lottery. Some people never have to struggle and are born rich, which is basically a cheat code that gives you every benefit in the world, but real happiness. Capitalism is supposed to make life simpler, but it also overcomplicates everything and causes illogical issues that could easily be adverted. The bell rings and everyone begins heading towards their next class. Cloud is about to get up before Earl walks over to him. He made a few good points, but just like everything, the devil's in the details. And that's where things fall apart. What do you mean? Do you know what you are um, what you're going to do after high school? No, I have no idea. You start thinking about it. If you don't figure it out soon, you could end up like one of those bums walking around here, just floating through life. In the real world, no one is going to save you. That's how it's always been, he says as he stands and heads towards the door. You can't say that. You have a home and a mother who loves you. Some people don't have anything. You have to take responsibility of your life and your choices. He says as he faces Cloud, who's halfway towards the door. Yeah, I know. 
Kyle edges the classroom into the empty and dimly lit hallway. He pauses for a moment to gather himself before he heads towards the cafeteria. Junior Hall was red and white. The paint looked like cheap and th- um, looked cheap, thick and uneven. The filthy linoleum floors were bone white and red and, and bloody red with a checkered pattern. It was like a labyrinth in Greek mythology. It smelled like bleach, sweat, dirty balls, and blood. His nose, eyes, and ears burned as he remembered fights, wins, and losses he had in every hallway. Pepper Spray still loomed through the hallway and made his eyes water. In a sentimental tone, he puts his right hand on a wall as he passes it. Gum and dirt sticks to his palm. He is disgusted and quickly washes his hand in the closest bathroom. It was repulsive. And it was repulsive in there. And it could be likened to a horror movie. As he edges the bathroom, he remembers laughing with Mike and Gerald. This year had passed so quickly, he could hardly believe it. His eyes began to water. It was as if he was watching flashbacks of his life in Red Mountain High School. The sound of footsteps created echoes in time. Walking the halls between periods was like walking in limbo. A light was at the end of the tunnel that led to the cafeteria. The lunchroom was large, lively, and made of brown brick. High school kids talked loudly with their friends as they filled their faces. Cloud grabs his stomach as his mouth waters. He tastes salt. He seems he sees people eating their hard square pizzas, fruit cocktails, and drinking expired chocolate milk. <laughs> the cafeteria is like a water pit in the Amazon. Each section is broken up by senior, junior, and sophomore freshmen. More than a hundred students ate here every period, and more than a thousand did each day. Some schools had simple cultures, but Red Mountain was full of cliques, all with their own subcultures. Most of the teens who lived there were from broken homes. Red Mountain High, Red Mountain High City, um, Red Mountain High was the third most dangerous city in the state. It was known for its gun violence and murder. The sons of and daughters of those people all went to the same school. Red Mountain High School wasn't a prison, but it had the charm of one. It had dirty walls and floors riddled with Sharpie, graffiti, gum, and gunk. Kyle had it to fight his way through the crowd to get it to his table. He saw the people in the line waiting for food, and he felt envious. They were impoverished, and so was he, but his mom made just enough for him not to qualify for a free lunch. So today, like most days, he had to go without. Cloud's hunger makes him delusional. Cloud sees a person in an astronaut suit sitting on the side of his table to eat a sam um on his uh <laughs> wait okay sorry this is really long all right Whew, wait quick quick intermission I need a quick intermission so how y'all doing out there. <laughs> Hope you're doing really good. This is, I'm glad that my chapters are now shorter. 
See, I did that Paradise Falls trap, and I was like, man, I'm going to just go to Cloud. <laughs> I forget, Cloud was way longer, and this chapter is way longer. Please, please have uh, mercy on me. I'm on. Oh, my God. All right. All right, one second intermission. I'm going to put on some music for y'all. And it, it kind of goes with the tones. Oh, no. This goes with everything, all right? But that's not the tone I'm trying to set. One second. Brief intermission.
One more song, not this one. <laughs> this is a good song though. Uh, I'm gonna uh, play one more song for my intermission. Uh, please stay with me. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is actually the inspiration for uh, the name "No Self Control." Well, yeah. Uh, it's actually called "No Self Control." But, you know, it's Japanese, so I'm not sure if uh, the meaning holds the same in Japanese culture about what they mean. But here we go. Cheers. 
All right. Hiatus over. <laughs> I hope you enjoy that. All right. Now, here we go. Kyle's hunger makes him delusional. Kyle sees a person in an astronaut suit sitting on the side of his table trying to eat a sandwich without opening his visor. A black bear devouring a salmon on a plate. A man is on fire doing the robot through the corridor. The last delusional, the last delusion he sees is a robot sitting in front of him looking into his eyes. Clouds Im, um, Cloud's image is reflected into the robot's monitor. Are you okay? Michael leans in and puts in um puts his hands on his shoulder. Kyle deliriously looks back at him and for a moment looks like a bamboo uh, and for and for a moment he looks like a bamboo tree towards the sun. Michael's a tall thin man with dark skin. Cloud re- realizes he is sitting at the table with his friends Michael, Gloria, Hera and Gerald. I'm dying. Kyle looks like a lost man who has been wandering through the desert for days. Michael scratches his face and looks away from him. Why don't you ever have food? You should uh, you should ask my mom that. You can't just ask her for lunch money? Wow, I never thought of that before. He says sarcastically looking up to him. Is it really that bad? Cloud just sits there silently with his hands on his stomach. There is a saltiness on his taste buds. He looks up through the only uh, real window in the school and he sees the turquoise and, and white. Michael looks where he is looking for a moment, then back at Cloud. That sucks. How do you usually how do you usually get food? I usually take some from someone else. It sounds like you're a bully. No, I just ask for food like I'm homeless. Michael chuckles a little bit and Cloud laughs till his stomach hurts. He grabs his stomach and begins to groan. Do what you gotta do. I have to get back to class, Michael says. I'll see you later. Michael leaves him with a smile. Cloud watches him as he goes. He disappears within the crowd. Cloud imagines that the room is empty except for him. It feels like a spotlight is on him as he lays his head on the table, hungry and drained. Cloud, what's wrong with you? You didn't hear the last conversation? No, we didn't. Life is not about you, Gloria said. It's not like my name is on the book or anything, Cloud says. What are you talking about? Your words aren't feeding aren't feeding me, so I'm about to stop talking. How is that our problem, Gloria says? That's why you should not ask questions. Just mind your business, Cloud says. Hera gives some of her hard, Hera gives some of her hard square pizza to him. And he eats it like a ravenous dog. Cloud pauses from eating and looks at her with a starry with starry eyes. She is glowing like a crescent moon. Thanks for helping me. You're welcome. Gloria guises at Hera and seems unapologetically pleasant eyes. 
Gerald notices Gloria's slight discomfort and tries to put his hand on her, but she moves it. The moment feels tense to all involved, but Cloud, who is hungry, who is too hungry to care. You shouldn't feed a dog. He will only ask for more. Gerald drinks his water and looks away. Cloud continues to eat his piece of light. It is a fine piece meal and trottles a, a bit uh, and trottles a bit at the premise and chuckles a bit at the premise. I got to fix that. Hera smiles, turns to a scowl as she closes her eyes for a bit. She takes a deep breath. That's better than being a bitch. She says everyone who could hear eyes open wide. A man drops his sandwich. Gerald wants to say something, but he just takes another sip of his chocolate milk. Hera's face scrunches up like a wild feral cat. The entire lunchroom seems to be locked into the moment. What does that even mean? You know how some dogs eat so much that they don't leave any for anyone else? I don't watch dogs eat. What are you act- Why are you acting so weird? I thought the whole point of having wait I thought the whole point of having food is that you have enough for others. I hope you die like a bitch. That's ironic because you live like one. Gloria stomps her feet in anger before standing up and swaying her hair as everyone's eyes follow the vixen. Her crimson dress alongside alongside with her black silk hair. You don't even know what that, you don't even know what irony means. The gaze of everyone follows her as she exits. The door closes loudly. Everyone returns to eating as if nothing has happened. Kyle's eyes move from the door to Hera, who sits before him. Gerald, without a word, slowly follows her with his hands in his pockets. You didn't have to stand up for me. Someone had to. Thank you. You couldn't have made a sandwich or something? If I did that, then what what would I eat for dinner? He says with a brashness in his voice, I guess another sandwich. Anything is better than not eating. Did you even eat breakfast? No, mom, I didn't. If I was your mother, you would be eating. Damn, that actually hurts. My bad. I didn't mean to be that way. No need to apologize because it's funny. Just start making sandwiches. Stop being an idiot. You can't expect for people to feed you every day. I know that. You aren't a kid anymore. Oh, really? So I'm guessing you made your lunch? No, but I bought it here. Exactly. Maybe your mother just wants you to mature early. Yeah, so she can kick me out at 18. She probably doesn't want you to be one of those losers who just stays at home. I guess starving me is all part of her evil plan. You are so dramatic. I'm 15 years old. Give me a fucking break. I thought you were a sophomore. I am. How did you, you of all people, skip a grade before me? Wow, I'm insulted. And that's supposed to be junior. I thought you were a junior. I am. 
How do you, of all people, skip a grade before me? Wow, I'm insulted. I'm sorry, you just never seem focused. We can't all be valedictorians. You could be if you weren't so lazy. What? You need to do better, Cloud. You can't just float through life. I'm not floating. I have all B's this semester. Why aren't they A's? I know. I was joking before, but you sound like my mom right now. The, the bell rings. Cloud's head raises before he gets up. Hera's big coffee, brown eyes follow him as he gets up, and they roll as her breathing flutters as she wonders what to say. What are you doing after school, Cloudy? The same thing I do every day. What is that? Play video games as I try to ignore how empty the world is. You are so emo. I'll see you later. He deliberately ignores her and the question as he rolls his eyes and walks away. Could could you walk me home today? <sighs> sure. I hope you don't mind. I take the long way over the bridge. So that's why you weren't here for breakfast? I wish that was why. Then why? Uh, don't worry about it. I'll see you after school, he says. They both smile at each other until Cloud's head turns and both their eyes slowly slip away. The sky becomes gray and she realizes she must go back to class. As she is walking towards the sophomore hallway in the west wing of the high school, the side of her eyes were... She, um, see a seagull flying through a storm growing in the sky. The seagulls fly swiftly through the clouds as the clouds empties water into the ocean's coast. The seagulls land in the sand near, his, um, near the school where he walks past. The sea waves break on the sands near the shore of the bridge. Cloud walks with Hera on his arm under a shared umbrella. The rain picks up and a seagull lands on the phoenix. Without a word spoken, they feel a moment in time which may never be quenched. The golden ball of plasma floats in the clouds like a golden line in sunflowers. The reflection of the sky lies in their pillows. The sounds of cars driving, seagulls squawking, and the and the beach fill the day. Everything stops when they see a girl in the distance looking over the edge. They don't question it till she stands on top of the rail. She sees cloud from a distance with Hera. She is wet and alone. The rain picks up again, and the clouds begin to to gray like charcoal and silver of old and the thunder roars. Hera and Cloud call out to her, but she cannot hear them. They are gasped as she leaps over the edge. Silence follows as the horror fills their lungs. She lets out a silent scream. The water claps as, the, as she plunges into the blue. The sound of police sirens soon follow with the sound of waves. Birds, birds wing flapping as her gut-wrenching scream fills the air. All right. That is the end of the first chapter, Spectrum. 
Next Wednesday, I'm going to read from both my books. I'm going to, um, I'm probably going to read Clouds first and then do Paradise Falls after. Because it's, well, no, no, I'm probably going to keep with this because Paradise Falls is a little sad. So, uh, but, um, this is a no self-control podcast. It's a little royal. And this is Clouds. Chapter one, Spectrum. Come up for chapter two, the rain. Peace out.